Uh, we're back. This is uh, this is Chris in Sivart again. Sivart, the Sivart. Um, and we're uh, this is the first time. This is the first podcast episode we've done in a while. Um, I think we've really had fun with what we did yeah. for a little while. I mean, when did we start? Like back in like August or something, July. Uh, yeah, I think it was like sometime in the summer. Yeah, um, it was definitely the summer because I remember we did it in your in your apartment and it was very hot. Yeah, and we we ended uh, season one sometime before the election, I think. Yeah, I think it was a pretty good deal before the election. Or it yeah, was like a month or so. Or was it after the election? No, no, it was it was before the election that we stopped. I guess I've wanted we to check the records. It's been a long. It's been long <laughs> since the election, man. Yeah, right. Like it's been. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we haven't done one since. But yeah, um, it's. Uh, you know, we had the name Tangent Boys, and I think we're probably gonna, we're working on trying to come up with a different name yeah. to replace that or something. And I think we've gotten, we want to focus and like kind of buckle down a little more. But we appreciate everybody who's listened at this point. Yeah, who's who's listened to our our ramblings? Our ramblings. I was born a rambling man. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You can't you can't sing that though because we're gonna get they're gonna they're gonna get us. Oh, they're gonna use yeah. the copyright strike. Um, unless we put it on YouTube. Anyway, though, um, yeah, so I think we're going to try to come up with a little more of a format here. Um, still gonna, still gonna probably ramble and do some, some tangents, uh, of some sort. It's going to be naturally, that's just going to happen. Just this name of the game. Um, but we're going to have a, more of a, more of a, a system in place. Like I said, more and more. Yeah. I think one of one of the ideas is to kind of have one or two specific topics to talk about. Uh, keep things keep things at a, about an hour instead of a uh, two and a half hours. Yeah, instead of just going and going and going. <laughs> well, you know, and I think I think part of it for me was like it. I really, I I wasn't sure if like we wanted to. Be, I don't I don't really actually listen to a lot of podcasts, but it's like. I couldn't tell if I wanted to do like a serious thing. You know, the first one we did, we just kind of rambled on philosophically for a while and we made some jokes and, yeah. but then I also could, didn't want to, you know, cause we, people like when podcasts are funny too. Yes. And I knew that there were some things that we said or did that was, you know, kind of funny. I, well, I hate funny. I, I hate funny. I, I hate humor. I'm a serious man. <laughs> I'm only serious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, when I think about the podcast, I like to listen to, uh, I like, when it, there's specific topics and when there's specific guests. So like yeah. when Duncan Trussell uh, has a, he usually has great guests anyways. Um, there are a few exceptions, but that's when I'll tune in, especially with Joe Rogan. I'm not like a huge fan of him, but like yeah. when he has good guests on, I'll, I'll tune in and see what they have to say. Yeah. And even then I won't, I may not listen to the entire thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like Joe Rogan more as a, uh, as a stand-up comedian than I do a, like like it's a, he's you know done a lot as a podcaster obviously but i think his best ones are definitely when he is like when he gets somebody really fascinating like daryl davis on or something yep. he just lets him talk and talk and talk but then again i also like listening to him just like bullshit with like bill burr or something like a comedian i like um like i said i what i've said in the past though is if i've definitely found myself parroting things that he said though about politics or something and not looking into it and then finding yeah. out that he was like wrong and I mean, he, it's not like he's trying to, he's never, as far as I can tell, I don't feel like he's ever really, you know, put up a front that he's like a really 
intelligent like political guy like he's he even says it all the time he's like i'm a fucking idiot like you know <laughs> i'm a big but, big dummy but at the same time when people like you and respect you they want to they tend to uh you know yeah kind of gravitate yeah especially because i think he's got his kind of his finger on the pulse of uh of this not necessarily like an anti-woke movement but like an anti like i feel like there's people on the left these days that unfortunately have just gone so far in one direction that they're like they kind of they kind of are ignoring objective reality when when it comes yeah. to certain things and it's like what and or they're you know the people on college campuses that won't let uh a, a somebody some conservative person come speak and it's like i mean unless they're literally like a white supremacist or something or like a super alt right like i mean if you're going to have you know Ben Shapiro at your fucking college like i can't fucking stand Ben Shapiro but like yeah. to have an open debate and like that's that's you know that's kind of a core tenet of our yeah i think our country well, just being able to do that <laughs> and that's that's it's kind of the big problem that we're faced with right now as a society is is uh we finding some way to to kind of do false equivalency with both sidesism yeah cuz like what we're seeing here is is a lot of people especially i mean yeah specifically on the far right what they're wanting to argue is uh just blatant disrespect of people that are different or that that to them uh dissent from the norm yeah and that which the, that blatant disrespect means you know to the point of just taking someone's life or putting them in jail and yeah. I think it's important to avoid trying to both sides, um, far right and far left, because to me, one side, and I think this is observable, uh, a lot of the left is really, they want health care and they want uh, affordable living um, and, and, and access to resources and, and better education. Is there some... S- some more extreme parts on the left, that for sure, but... To me, there's in this country, especially, there's got to be some kind of balance that leans left because we're so far right as a country. Yeah, because I think it goes back to the thing where it's like I, I don't think a lot of us realized. I mean, I didn't realize until recently that like the the Democratic Party, you know, or or the term liberal is, you know, it's ba- the Democratic Party is basically a centrist party. United yeah. States uh, on the actual political spectrum yeah. in like objectively like what they've what what has been I don't know what what has been determined by I would guess the general academic community or the general yeah. uh, what would be political scientists as far as it works it, like where the Democratic Party is centrist and compared to some countries is like kind of center right um, we don't have any equivalent of like the UK's Labour Party or anything in our politics. Yeah. At least not, you know, we have like the Green Party or something. But I mean, we don't have a system that really invites a third or fourth party or you know, um, yeah. we're such a binary system. Which that's that's something that I think eventually has to change too, because that that binary system leads to polarization. And one of the tactics that that the right wing has done, especially with the Trump presidency, is like. Yeah, they pointed at the Democratic Party and ca- and called them like, you know, leftist extremists, mm-hmm. and that's a tactic that's used to drive ev- or drag everyone else further right. Really. Well, and they they've been doing it since a lot longer than that. We just definitely you know heard yeah. a lot more of it. Yeah. But I mean, like you know, during of course during the Obama years ago. I mean, 
Obama wasn't nearly Obama really. wasn't nearly as progressive a president as we had hoped he would be. You know, um, there's <laughs> he didn't really take on Wall Street the way that we thought he did, he would, and he bailed out all these banks, yeah. all these companies. You know, um, you know the automakers and the banks. He he bailed them all out, and then and then there's the fact that he during his administration they stepped up the the um the you know military spending yeah and they you know they may have been able to withdraw some troops but they also were putting out more drone strikes um i i should just say just a segue that this is our 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 topic tonight is uh we're talking about i mean we're kind of getting to it just kind of tribalism in politics and how it's it's a and this kind of tie into a book i definitely want to recommend too that i've been listening to lately um um an audio book that that it's our 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 political system is really just pitting us against each other left and right um and it's and it's it's the political institutions that we trust or don't trust and a majority of americans don't trust at this point and then it's also the um the the media too and the, the book i've been listening to is um uh, Matt Taibbi is a great independent journalist. Um, uh, I know he wrote for Rolling Stone. I think he wrote for the New York Times too. Yeah. I'm not sure. I heard about him. I, like I saw him on Rogan once, and then I saw him on. He pops up on the Rising on the Hill uh, pretty often. Hops up yeah. on there. I think he's a co-host of the Useful Idiots podcast, but I could be wrong. Um, but his book uh, Hate Inc. really, really fascinating look into the world of like how media how our, our current media climate works and yeah. how how that has fed into all our biases and all our, our just because said you know going into this tribalism like it's it's the it's the the narrative of the news whether it is on the left or the right is just to hate the other side kind of thing yeah and um here i'm gonna take a break real quick i just okay cool we'll come back um but yeah so talking about tribalism uh, where were you on that? Because I was talking about. Well, I, I was interested to um, hear what your thoughts are because I I kind of know what my thoughts are. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they that might sense. be in a way responsive to what you're saying. But yeah, I I think, you know, I think as as people that are like, you know, you and I are very left wing, very progressive in in, in in a lot of ways, um, but it's definitely probably helps us that we've both grown up in like conservative places and we still yeah. live in a fairly conservative place. Like, I mean, being in the city we are, it's the most, it's the most, you know, progressive city in Idaho for sure. Other than like Sun Valley. If you look yeah, at, yeah, but even Sun Valley is not even, yeah. doesn't hold a candle. Up I think Sun Valley is the only County that went Biden. <laughs> when I li- when I looked at the electoral map, which I thought wow. was funny. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's, because I was like, what the fuck? There's a county that went Biden in Idaho? Maybe I'd, maybe Ada did too. Maybe there's enough people that are anti-Trump in Ada County. I don't know. Because um, they don't necessarily need to be Democrats. They just did not fucking like Trump. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of Republicans, I think. There's one thing I can say about Idaho is I think there's a lot of Republicans that have lived here a long time that still aren't fans of Trump. And But maybe those are the worst ones. I don't know. What's worse? The 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 mobs of, of, the, of the base that are you know as you've said before worship him as a god emperor and and think he can do no wrong and they've bought into his big con or the people that know that he's totally full of shit and he's nothing but a career grifter um but they go you know well he's 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 winning he's popular so let's let's you know go along with it i guess 
I would almost say that the latter are worse because uh, at least the former lets you know where they stand. Yeah. It's kind of like Malcolm X says about the the conservative wolf and the liberal fox. Mm. Or like, at least the conservative wolf like lets you know that he doesn't like you. The right. fox is going to pretend to be your friend. I can't remember. Did he say that in his... Was that in his autobiography? Um, I can't he, remember. He said it in probably in multiple forums. It's one of... It's something he's oh, probably said over and he over. He said something similar to it in his autobiography. He wrote something similar to it. It was, uh, I think he said something about like just that that the racists, the like the the right wing racists or something, were the ones that like he the the true racists is like at least I know where they stood with them, you know. Yeah, kind of well, thing. He, he's talking about too because especially, I mean, it, it's very similar to today too. But back in the sixties, there you would have the the liberal white people that would. They would think that they wanted to help the black liberation, basically. Mm-hmm. And but when it came down to it, they ultimately were too afraid to. Yeah, kind of thing is. Then that's 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 one of the things that I think holds a lot of people back. But like the Republicans in Idaho that like may recognize that Trump was destructive, but ultimately didn't do anything about it. And maybe they even voted for him again because they're like, well. I don't know. At least it, I'm still it, Republican. It doesn't. It didn't. You know. I think. Uh, you know. I know people that are still. I. I think. I. You know. I'm not going to say where I work, but I will say that I work in retail, and I sell firearms sometimes. So like I. You know. I talk to a lot of. I'm sure most of my customers that come in and buy guns or whatever. You know, are conservative. Um. You know. But I've. I've actually had some pretty good conversations with them lately. Surprising. Like this one guy. It was a you know a fairly regular customer and and he said you know after the the uh, the um uh, uh after not before the before the inauguration after the uh, election though uh, you know shortly after I th- before the riot though um he said you know are you a you know a Trump fan or a, are you a Biden fan I don't know he maybe he had an idea we because we talked like yeah consistently when he'd come in not about you know mostly just about like guns and stuff and whatever because you know like I. Even though, once again, I'm a left-wing person, I've always found guns kind of fascinating, especially if there's history behind them. And I like that they're one of the few things that function typically comes before form. I feel like a lot of things these days, form comes before function. Um, And I think they're completely right. If they want to be effective and if they want to be utilized by individuals um, on a consumer market when there's reviews and stuff, or if they want to be used by military or law enforcement, like they got to fucking work yeah and anything that can happen wrong will can happen with them so it's like they've got to be fucking you know no pun intended they got to be fucking bulletproof like they have to work perfectly um but i i remember i was talking to him and uh and he's like you know i kind of think that trump is the lesser of two eagle evils and i'm like oh here we go and i just said hey you know i guess i'm kind of the same way about biden and i was like you know i respect your opinion or whatever but (laughs) but and then we you know we had a little conversation but and then it always steered and it always steers into the way that like we're despite what you believe um we're we're both kind of being steered against each other again by by the political systems that are in place and by the media and you know something one of the stupidest things matt taibbi mentions it in his in his book, I can't remember if it's actually a quote from him or if it's him writing it or if he's quoting somebody, but just saying that like one of the stupidest things that Hillary Clinton could have done in 2016 um, was call half of Donald Trump's base a basket of deplorables uh, of Tr- Donald Trump's voters. 
and just just to just to go yeah. that to, you're just you're just egging these people on you just they're gonna dig their heels in and be like oh you don't you think what i'm doing is wrong well i don't respect you so fuck you i must be doing the right thing yeah and it's such it's so odd because it, it's obviously something that doesn't go both ways because i mean that side of things has been talking shit to people who just can be left-leaning they don't even have to be liberals or leftists. no they, no but they've been like calling us shit for years you know what i mean yeah and like we're, we i think for the most part like if you look at the big picture yeah I, I would say the left side takes it with a little more dignity because like if you talk yeah exactly what you just said if you talk shit to someone on that side they take it personal and like they're hypersensitive yeah. they're way more sensitive than they talk like that yeah are, you know what i mean I, w- I would argue that a lot of times they're just as sensitive as people on the left but yeah they do put up the front that they're not sensitive they yeah. call us snowflakes and then they freak out but it's like you know i think well, again if there's one positive i can really glean out of the trump presidency this last four years and obviously these this positive does not weigh out the negatives yeah um you know when i think of trump it's like there's a lot of political bullshit going on and i, I think there's a lot of valid reasons why he was able to court his supporters even though yeah. he's a grifter he doesn't really know I, I what the fuck he's talking well. about yeah. you know because they've lost faith in our political institutions they've lost faith faith in the media they feel forgotten um, yeah they feel forgotten neglected. they feel disenfranchised like you know the democratic party historically you know notoriously has kind of turned its back on the white working class the lower class um and then they found themselves moving into you know, I think the Republicans are really the ones that started doing that first um, with the kind of the Fox News era. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was Rupert Murdoch or Roger Ailes. Again, this is something I was reading in that book that um, said that uh, or listening to. I'm a fucking poser. I just listen to books. <laughs> but hey, man. Audiobooks are great. I do love audiobooks. I, I, you know, I remember you telling me that you did audiobooks and then I finally got Audible yeah, like, I, a, uh, like a year ago and I've... I, yeah, it's great because you can do so much shit while you're listening to a book and you've you can always rewind it. It's got that 30-second yeah, back button. And I just, if you don't get something, you can just go back. There's so many books I want to read, and I frankly don't have enough time yeah, to. Yeah, because you have to sit down with a book. you got to get the light right. you got to get comfortable. You can't be and distracted. You, gotta, yeah. you can't be doing anything else. I will say, though, I don't want to get too far on this tangent, but um, I will say, though, uh, generally speaking, I like to do nonfiction or informative books, audiobook, and then if I'm reading fiction, I typically like to read an actual physical book. I think I've found that, too. Yeah. Um, I, I like... I'm listening to just really quick before we get back. Yeah, no, to go it, ahead, go ahead. I'm listening to uh, Miles Davis's autobiography on on uh, audiobook. That's cool. And the guy reading it does it in Miles's voice, so he's really? like, he's got that scratchy voice, like like the all the narration or just like when he the does, whole book. That's far out. Like yeah, the back in '47. Me, yeah, it's me not it's not Don Cheadle. No, it's not Don Cheadle, but the guy nails it. But then you think, like, man, this guy's been talking like this for 11 hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, his voice has got to be destroyed. Yeah. But at least when his voice gets ty- more tired, he be- yeah. gets better at Miles' voice. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I think for me it's more like when you're reading fiction, you really got to – there's more of a – fiction, I think, is more emotionally dependent than nonfiction yeah. as far as to keep the reader's attention. Um, so, and I think fiction, you have to use your imagination a lot. Yeah. Um, and you have to, you know, you, you can do the voices and you can do the, the soundscape and you can, and when you're reading a, when you're listening to somebody narrate an audiobook, I feel like, uh, it, you know, it just, it, maybe it's just on more of a personal level, but, but like when I'm listening to something that's nonfiction account, like a journalistic, you know, something yeah. I, 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 or, or I, I just listened recently to the transgender history of the United States, which was kind of yeah. a little boring kind of read like a textbook 
Yeah. Um, but was very fascinating and very illuminating. But it's it seems uh, I guess it's not as it's not as personal. It's not as there's not as much of a personal connection to nonfiction for yeah. me. And I feel like it can be drier. It's almost like listening to a podcast if a podcast wasn't just us rambling, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I, I think I like autobiographies when they're like voiced well on yeah. books. That Malcolm X one with Lawrence Fishburne was fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. I have that one downloaded so I can get to it at some point. Yeah. Cause you've already read, you read the book. Yeah, and I think that that's good though that you read that that transgender history of the United States that like, and I understand too because going into a book like that it might be difficult to relate because obviously it's like it it's may not be something that you you can relate to directly but mm-hmm. it, that's the challenge is trying to trying to broaden your perspectives by reading this stuff. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, and I, you know, I think you you kind of inspire me in that way. Like I'm trying to get. You know, at first it was trying to be more socially conscious and, you know, trying to be anti-racist, as they say, and trying to educate myself. And then I'm like, oh, I might as well, you know, yeah. kind of go into the transgender area of that um, and, and just, just kind of understand that. Because that's kind of the, that's the next real big, you know, group that's going to be really fighting for their, that is fighting for their civil yeah. rights. You know, and they always have been, but I think they finally, I mean, think about it. Did you hear the word transgender really from anybody more than 10 years ago no not me I, yeah it's not really a thing and they've and but these people have always existed obviously yeah. and you know and sometimes they've they've been you know they've been there's plenty of derogatory terms out there and yeah. then sometimes they've just become they've some of them have just lived their lives as gay men um and maybe they became drag queens at times or something yeah. or maybe they just they were somebody like uh you know, I don't know if like like Ed Wood or something. You know, he's a famously private crossdresser. I don't know where that is. I mean, but I'm not trying to. Somebody might listen to this who's who knows a little more and might think that I'm like fumbling around here. But it's like I don't. I'm just you know. Yeah, it's I, it, you never know. It's a there's a full spectrum spectrum there. If they if people say that there's this many different genders and identities. Yeah, and I then, think getting like kind of getting into learning about that myself. It's. It ultimately comes back to this this same simple principle is that humans deserve to be respected as human beings regardless yeah. of who they are. Yeah. I know one thing that I learned that just that still really bothers me is the the life expectancy of like a black transgender woman, yeah, woman black is trans like 30. Woman. Yeah, it's insane. That's not good at all. I'm like, glad that people know that finally. Like, yeah. even I was, you know, my dad's fairly, you know, he's pretty politically conscious, but we were just doing a Zoom call with him earlier today because we haven't seen them in forever because of the pandemic and everything. Yeah. And, you know, and he, he dropped that statistic. And I was like, yeah, it's yeah. fascinating, you know, because we have somebody in our family who is trans. And it's like, yeah. you know, we're trying to be definitely for them with, you know. Um, anyway, I feel like we've gone, we've gone way off topic. But we, I think we made was, some good points. It was, uh, yeah. But anyway, it was, it was either Roger Ailes or Rupert Murdoch. I'm not sure which one. But you know, Fox News royalty, whatever yeah. guys who created it, said that his the, the the core audience of Fox News was 55 to dead. Wow. And I, I always thought that was really interesting. And that's, and I think that what they were doing is they were trying to trying to target that a lot of, you know, upper middle to upper class suburban white people, yeah. you know, the, the idea, what is it? I, I still haven't watched the movie bombshell, but I know I've seen in the trailer. She mentions oh, like yeah, a yeah. Fox news story is like one that scares your grandma and enrages your grandpa or something like that. You know, that's that, a Fox news story. And that's what QAnon basically, uh, that was their target audience after mm-hmm. they got established was exactly that as well. So it yeah. was basically the Fox well, News audience. And that's how you end up with these people. You know, you, you end up with like a, a fucking, you know, 
That that woman that died in that capital, the woman that was shot trying to break in, and yeah. she was an ex. Was she in the Navy? I think, or was she? I think I so. Think Air Force. Air Force. Yeah. Either. Way, yeah. Air Force. I think you're right. You know, but she. I think she was like she had like a 14 year career or something like that. She was like a 14 year vet- veteran. I thought I saw, and this woman was. You know, on the same ground, yeah. storming the Capitol with the guy that you know. You saw that fucking Holocaust Gandalf motherfucker who had the who had the camp Auschwitz. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. I've had, I've had some conversations with people too that that try to do the both sides here, and I'm like, no, I'm not, not there. interested in listening to what someone wearing a six million wasn't enough shirt has to say. Yeah, no, fuck that. I'm sorry, but if you're on the side of that, you know, and there are some people like, I feel bad because the guy who got, who the guy who everybody, everybody was making, putting that myth out online that there, a guy tased himself in the balls and had a heart attack. And I mean, first of all, for us to, for people to react to the way that they have and be like, haha, yeah, fucking Trump supporters is like, that's really sad that our society is to that point. Um, Yeah, I, I can, I can, I can definitely see and I've and I've and I'm not not I'm not that, yeah. not to say that I'm above that. I've definitely made plenty of comments like that in the privacy of my own home regarding some of these people and stuff yeah. that I some stuff that I still you know agree with and some some stuff that I'm a little that I'm 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 ashamed of. And I mean and that's in the last four years. We can all you know yeah. grow, but at this point, you know I think it's just so. Okay, what what I was gonna say, and this is, I feel like this is a good segue. Is on that same, yeah. what I said, I actually commented on a thing where it talked about that guy, that that guy with the Camp Auschwitz yeah. sweatshirt, and I said, you know, I actually have empathy for some of these people because they're, they're. Or I said for a lot of Trump supporters because I think a lot, once again, I think a lot of Trump supporters have been duped, and whether you say, you know, and and, and the more you say that, the more that the that the mainstream left wing media who made it a vendetta to go against Trump for the last four years because they were directly responsible for getting Trump elected and they knew it. Yeah. If, if you, if you go with what they're saying, they're saying that all these people are, I mean, they're, they're openly mocking these people on the news, you know, calling them like toothless hillbillies and doing fucking Southern drawls. And like, it's like, you guys are supposed to report the news, you know, and you're always going to have some level of bias. Every, yeah. There's no such thing as a hundred percent objective truth. Really? I, I don't think, um, I mean, that's if there was, then we wouldn't have jury systems and we wouldn't have a Supreme Court. You know, we didn't have you need multiple people's perspectives yeah. and you need it to play off each other. Um, but it's like it's like, yeah, no wonder these people are fucking railing against you. No wonder these people are like, it's all fake. It's all fake news. Yeah. When you're when you're, you know, it's calling them all race, toothless, racist, racist and stuff. And maybe they don't see it that way. And that's the other thing with Trump is he rarely ever explicitly said racist things. He would use dog whistles constantly. Yeah. Famous dog whistles that multiple presidents have, presidents have used, especially like Reagan, Nixon, and Nixon. Well, it was that that, that was basically George H. W. Bush. Yeah, it was kind of getting perfected in the Nixon era, where they were like, "Yes, we are racist, and we're going to convince these people to be. They may not be consciously racist, but we're going to fi- convince them. We're going to talk to their subconscious." Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is... American values, traditional American values means suburban, upper class, upper middle class, white. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, too, like... One example. Obviously, it's a, it's a, it has something to do with our collective consciousness, but it's like if you can't handle being called names and criticized, especially like how marginalized people have been talked mm-hmm. to in this country for centuries, like... 
then you kind of need to grow up. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's like and I understand that right now we're at there's this there's like an education barrier where it's like we're dealing with people that are not emotionally mature enough to handle people saying stupid shit to them. Like, yeah, it's like to me, it's like, man, people have been talking shit to me my whole life. I've been called just about everything yeah. by just about everyone. Yeah, no, I was, I, I'm going to say it a lot. I think, you know, I was definitely bullied and I've, and I bullied also in school. I think yeah. anybody, anybody who, and we're back, we cut out there. What was I, what was I saying? I was saying, oh, um, we ran into technical difficulties. Sorry. Yeah. Cause I still need to buy a new power supply for the board because <laughs> my masking tape job is not working. Um, anyway, uh, fuck. What was I even saying? I was talking about. I think we we were talking about because, yeah, there's a there's a lot of basically what I guess what I would call simply trash talking, and uh, we were talking about like how basically talking down to the right, essentially is what we're talking about. Has emboldened the has right. Has emboldened them. It's and it's kind of, it's almost in their ancestry too to kind of react that way, like. It's in well, it's kind of in America's DNA. Yeah, you know that's a very American kind of thing. We have that ideal. I mean, this—if you think about it, this nation—not just this nation, but most Western civilizations—are built on what you know, what is tantamount to or the progenitor of manifest destiny. Yeah, you know, it's just we gotta fucking. I mean, human. I I guess that's all of the human race because we didn't we didn't get where we are by by you know making friends. At least in in our in our early history, in our prehistory, yeah. that's for that's for fucking sure. And and throughout history too, it almost seems like the 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 tribes or the communities that have tried to cooperate with the people that have come into their communities mm-hmm. ha- have, historically speaking, be, before way before the age of the internet, have been taken advantage of, especially like uh, like in North America, for instance, in in Africa, like yeah. Oh, you want me to get closer to the L- microphone? A little bit closer to the microphone. Now you're good. You're making you're getting good distance there for a while, but you're getting but back. It, it, yeah, it's we're going through some like a consciousness evolution, and and, and I think any time things are growing, there's going to be uh, significant growing pains. Yeah, and I think especially here in America, we're we're having to deal with basically. Starting a revolution without getting violent, but having to face prospective violence for doing so. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the pe- when people get afraid, uh, especially on the right, they, they like to get their weapons and, and say, hey, we have these here. And when you when you say le- revolution, are you talking about progressives that are really trying to make change in politics? Yeah, or? I would say that, like, for me, um, I anything that's that's humanitarian that's focused on the survival of humanity uh progressivism uh, uh, environmentalism anything that's focused on the survival of the world like actually the survival of every mm-hmm. all people's all, all all life yeah that's what i would gravitate towards that's the revolution i'm talking about yeah no and, and again i think that's one of the you know you can you can fucking pontificate endlessly about all the shit that Trump has said and done and and you know you can argue to the to the cows come home that uh, in general his his administration wasn't really that much more corrupt than a lot of administrations I mean really the biggest thing in his administration had uh, you know he said he said he was going to drain the swamp and then he put a bunch of Washington insiders in as well as people that he just liked put his kids in a bunch of fucking positions that they had no business being in 
you know, at least in the Biden administration, a lot of these people are fucking qualified for what they're doing. Yeah, and I think if you look at history of United States politics, especially in the last 60 years, um, I mean, I think objectively, if you look at it as neutrally as possible, you'll see a lot of a lot more corruption comes from the yeah. Republican Party. Yeah, no, but the gen- Democrats are definitely not scot free. <laughs> I feel like the dem. Well, from what I'm seeing, what I understand, the Democrats have kind of made up for lost time. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't. I, I think. I think in the last, you know, since the since the '90s, probably I think is kind of when the, the Democrats had pretty much in the Bill Clinton era is kind of when the the Democrats came back hard and strong and decided. And that's and that's when you had because you had Fox News. Yeah, that earlier had you know it was kind of the first big cable news network who who was starting to dominate, and they were yeah. the first ones to pitch that other side yep. sucks kind of narrative, yeah. and then CNN and MSNBC and all those guys took a hold of it, and then they just started making trash news. Like I care yeah. for CNN or I believe it was MSNBC that their ratings went through the roof when they when they started doing all the fucking coverage on the Lewinsky scandal, the Clinton, Clinton yeah, and Lewinsky. And, and that know, was that was the whole thing, ratings. That you was gotta ratings. Get viewership. And again, that's where Trump, you know, he, he had the amount of I, billions of dollars they've they've estimated in free advertising basically. Yeah. Because CNN and MSNBC and all these networks were like, we can't cut away from him. He's so fucking great for ratings. Yeah. Um People just, tune in. They give us money. Yeah, people tune in. They give us money, and like, and it's, it's, it's just so, so strange. It's, it's like I said. I feel like Fox News really set the precedent, but they're not the only ones that do it these days. Yeah. Um, and it's and in in a way though, like, oh. maybe this could be my own biases. They are the most outrageous. Yeah, they are. I think. Well. They they were, but now you have like OAN yeah. stuff that's even oh, more yeah. right wing yep. than them. The <laughs> stuff that that Trump gra- gravitates towards because yeah. these the because Fox News wouldn't wouldn't bow down and say that the election was stolen. You know, I think yeah. famously it was I think it was the AP called was it Arizona early in the race. I think it was Arizona. They called it, and then Fox News called it, and everybody was like, "What?" And they were like, "Fox News fucking called it this early for Biden." Yeah, yeah. I think it was Arizona. I don't think it was Nevada. Um, I, I don't remember. Anyway, sorry. What I was about to say, though, I was getting on to um, uh, fucking uh, shit. Now I lost it. <laughs> well, we're, we're we're still kind of on tribalism. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I was gonna say something specific though. It was uh, oh yeah, I was talking about with Trump and you know getting into the weeds about corruption and how most administrations are somewhat corrupt. Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, the really the thing is Trump. You know, the, the destruction of the environment, the rollback of all the regulations, you know, there's a lot of crazy shit that he's done and not everything he's done. I think and this go, kind of go, feeds into our argument too a little bit or not feeds into it, but uh, um, adds to it is not everything he did was absolutely the worst idea ever. Like there were certain things that he did that the, that the mainstream media would call him out on and say that he was he had completely, you know, dropped the ball or he's being totally racist yeah. Um. Where it there was actually some value in it, and I think they were they were jumping the gun. And then the more I look into it, the more I found out that the the whole RussiaGate thing was kind of grasping at straws. Um. That there were a lot of a lot of um, anonymous sources, <laughs> and a lot yeah. of just just compounding on each other and referring back to each other. The yeah, and with anonymous sources, because I'm not going to say where I work either, but I, I'm a re, I, I'm a researcher. That's what I do for a living. Anonymous sources are, they're just a toss up because yeah. 
maybe they could be true, maybe yeah. not. But I think trying to like wait, kind of think you're certain. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, where the trap is, and that's where QAnon capitalized right. so much. I, I like, think ultimately, for me, you know, and I think that's what <laughs> separates us from a lot of the Repub- You know, a lot of the the people on the other side that decided they were just yeah. gonna like. They're like, yeah, I don't really like Trump, but you know, he's whatever. He's getting me the way I want. Is like we. I fucking care that he's fucked over <laughs> LGBTQ people. Yeah. And and not just in like I mean he hasn't done a lot legislatively. I mean he's weighed in on the fucking bathroom bills and shit like that and he's and he of course he did the transgender ban in the military and it's like I would love to see some of these transgender ladies that were ex military. I mean some of these ladies have you ever seen them in interviews and stuff that no. are they're know. like they look like they could destroy him and I would just love to see <laughs> them just beat the shit yeah. out of him because it's just like they are these these women have fucking fought for their countries. Yeah. Their country and they've done something that he never would do because he's a sniveling fucking warrior. And I'm not saying that I I don't think I would have what it takes to to fight in a war for this country, you know, the, unless unless the enemy was on our fucking doorstep and I had to defend Yeah, unless there was like know, an actual fucking enemy that was a Yeah. Like, identifiable. Yeah, exactly. But Which like, that's what the, that's what the right. I'm not thinks. to say that I have the courage <laughs> to do that. I mean, there's the, you know, you go back to World War II, which is what you argue, arguably the last like, yeah, really morally like we had to fight in this war kind of thing, and we dragged yeah. our fucking feet forever. Um, but you go back to that, and I mean, there's a reason those people are the fucking greatest generation, and there's yeah. a reason those and those people didn't think that they did anything. You know, they didn't think that they did anything special. It was just their job, and they just. Yeah. You know, they, they were like, the call was, you know, I had to answer the fucking call. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, like, that that's definitely something that would, uh, that I feel too. And then I don't, I don't know if that's genetic in a way. Um, but it, it is something, it, it's, I don't know. It's really hard to right. pinpoint that down. And then you got him calling people losers and stuff, yeah. saying that people that fought in Vietnam are losers or suckers. And it's like. Well, the, 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 the people that yeah. fought in Vietnam did get suckered, I will say, but I wouldn't call them fucking losers. And in, no, in, a, in the way that he's saying it, he's not giving them any respect. I don't understand how so many conservatives would get behind him after the shit he said exactly. about John McCain, for one. And like, I was going to ask, like, I'm just out of curiosity, what are some things that, that, are, that can be kind of, you would think were seen as positive from Trump's presidency? Um, so when he initially, you know, said the travel ban to from china when the when the pandemic first started yeah um as far as the experts you know are concerned you know the ones that aren't talking heads on msnbc and cnn and stuff like that was actually a good strategic decision that's that's what i've heard but they were just like it's racist it's racist it's racist he did kind of he did his rhetoric was kind of exactly that is true i guess kind of the phrase kind of racist doesn't exist so you have to take i I know what you mean it's it's, i apologize it's, it's the it's the 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 um the 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 result. What it what it did was actually yes. Va- it was actually valuable, but he used his rhetoric to sell it, and then and then, you know that make that kind of segues into like <laughs> again at my work. Um, I had a guy, elder guy, not too long ago, be like, you know, there's a there's a you know Biden soon. Biden's not what he seems. As soon as he gets some progress, there's a migrant caravan that's gonna come up through, and I'm like. And I just want to be like, motherfucker, Biden was in the administration that first put kids in cages. That is yeah. fact. That is on record. Yeah. The, and they did separate children from their parents. 
they didn't do it to the extent that Trump did, and they yeah. didn't they didn't um, vilify these people and go up and spout rhetoric. That's really the big thing that Trump did, and yeah. people argue that maybe he did that to like to dissuade people to dissuade other people from coming into the country. But I I don't know. I I don't think I think that we need to we need obviously we need to fix our fucking immigration system. Yeah. And in a way, what you just explained, too, that would be some serious golden path vibes. But, like, Trump being that rhetorical and that vocal about it almost kind of shed light on it more, which ultimately may be a good thing if if people can realize it has to be something has to be done about this. Yeah. Well, I we can't have kids. I I think, again, you know, Trump is kind of the big illuminator. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you got all the people on on the in the mainstream media that are, you know trashing him for for at the drop of a hat and many times obviously it is fucking warranted but then you know they they will ignore things that obama has done things that bill clinton yeah has done, has so ex- in a way trump shed know. light on some of these things exactly and unfortunately we're you know so far I'll give from, him that <laughs> yeah so far i mean he's making some there's some great there's a diverse pick in his cabinet um you know i i'm not going to say that that every pick has an element of cynicism to it i think some of them probably do when it comes to getting to representation, yeah. Um, but you know, we can lean back into that 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 argue that little Facebook argument I had with a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, where it was like the the the, the guy that's in the head of the Pentagon now, believes the Pentagon, and he, you know, former Raytheon official, Raytheon, so military industrial complex, basically. Yeah. Who is um, this? Uh, the the, the new Pentagon. Head. The new I'm trying Pentagon. to remember his name. I remember the the details. I just don't remember the names. Pentagon chief. Oh God, what's his name? Lord Lloyd Austin. I know. I knew it okay. as soon as soon as I clicked. As soon as I Googled new Pentagon chief before it even popped up, I was like, Oh yeah, Lloyd Austin. I remember this now. Like I had it phonetically. I remembered it somewhere back in there. Um, but he. Uh, oh, my mom sent me a picture of a cat. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, you know, former Raytheon official and then, um, a former general, um, what I've learned is historically, and what's funny is I, I decided to put a link just to be like, Hey guys, you know, you should be aware of this. This is two conflict of interest compounding on each other. And this guy also has the, not the rock, you know, not the greatest record. Yeah. Um, but when he was in the Obama administration, basically, um, but he, or, or during the Obama, I don't know if he was, I don't think he was in the. I'm not sure. I don't remember if he was in the administration or uh, yeah, where, what he was doing at the time. I guess he was a general at the time. Um, but he, again, this is, I, I used a, a clip from like Democracy Now!, which is like, I could have used a clip from The Rising, which is an, very, an independent news source that's, you know, you've got Crystal Ball, who's very far left, and then you've got Sagar and, and Jetty, who's, who's a conserv- center-right conservative kind of, you know, disowned by most Republicans. Um, and, but instead I was like, let's go democracy now. That's like the fucking most left wing fucking thing I can think yeah. of as far as like, that's the soft spoken NPR type of thing. Yeah. Um, and this ex- experts just talking about how like, you know, since 1947, we've had like two former generals be the head of the Pentagon. Typically the head of the Pentagon is supposed to be a civilian. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, fucking, uh, one of them was during the Korean war. Cause I, you know, and I guess we needed it. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I don't yeah, know. This is, I, I, I don't know. And then and then and then the other one was when Mattis was in under Trump, um, James Mattis. But and then there's that in, in the fact that he went to Raytheon and then he's now he's in this in this role. So it's 
you know, I was like, I'm just yeah. saying, I'm not saying he's going to do, I mean, I don't think, I hope he's not going to do a bad job. I think he's going to do a competent job. And I don't think that he was picked just because he was black. Yeah. I think most likely from what I've, what I've researched, what I've understand, he was actually, he, he's friends with Joe Biden knows him. Joe Biden, he's picked a lot of people for a lot of positions based on, you know, kind of loyalty and people that he's worked with and kind of like how Trump has. But of course, Biden is picking people that are typically more competent in these positions. And yeah, um, but I just was like, hey, you know, it's it's really cool that we have a black Pentagon chief, you know, for the first time ever. But we just shouldn't be distracted by the fact that like there's still corruption going on. There's yeah, still and, and, and it really doesn't matter. Like, yeah, and it's, that's the thing. It, it, we got to hold our politicians accountable no matter regardless of who, who they are. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, I think people are too afraid to do that. And you see like a lot of the, the press conferences now yeah. under the new administration and you see these just softball questions that they're throwing like, yeah, Mr. Do you, do you think the president's can really going to be able to unite the country so that they can be like the president says that, you know, and it's just like it's complete night and day from what they were doing with Trump. And of course, Trump was a fucking irritant in in democracy yeah, he was an he agitator was, he was an agitator yes that's the word i'm thinking agitator and it's like and then you know they had to call him out on his bullshit but now it's just like it shouldn't revert back to the complete opposite thing you should call out all of them just because the guy's on your fucking team quote unquote which he's not supposed to be because you're in the fucking press yeah like i mean even people working for the ap and stuff are 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 you know demonstrating uh, their bias on yeah. a daily basis and I don't think it's necessarily a that they're in like softballing. That it's kind of ten, dangerous territory because what happens is when when someone's elected into a position of leadership and people are supposed to look to this character as a leader and your your leader's a fucking fireball like Trump, yeah, like Trump, yeah. That's gonna affect how every single person interacts with him, yeah. And like Joe Biden's obviously not a fucking fireball <laughs> i just realized i don't know why i didn't but joe biden's kind of like our modern democrat equivalent of reagan he's kind of like our he's our he's our figurehead he's our talking point you know i i, I think that's more you know when i've said with my significant other and the people that i know friends and family during the election was like i'm not voting for joe biden specifically joe biden i don't think is a very strong candidate and i don't think kamala harris was a very yeah. sorry is it come it's kamala right it's Kamala Harris. I want to pronounce it right. Uh, I believe it's Kamala, not Kamala. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I don't know if she, she wasn't an ideal candidate in my opinion either. Um, no, but, yeah. but I, you know, I was like, I'm going to vote for the, for the, for the cabinet. I'm going to vote for the people that they put in. And I hope that they put enough people in that are willing to push things far enough left. And now we've got fucking Bernie Sanders is the, is the head of the, the Senate, um, yeah. the budget reconciliation yep. i think that's that's the victory or, and then the, the fact that georgia won those two seats yeah well from what i'm hearing too is the democrats were not prepared for that necessarily they didn't expect to win those two seats they had like a 25 percent chance and they won and then they're like they don't know exactly what they're doing legislatively now really yeah that almost kind of speaks to why we're at where we're at yeah well i mean they and you know and, and you know what helped help them win of course i'm other than stacy abrams stacy yeah. abrams fucking amazing um was donald trump <laughs> yeah he kind of just made everything sour yeah and that's the thing too i think ultimately we're already almost at an hour yeah we are we're at, we're at uh <laughs> we're at 47 minutes and 20 no, 30 seconds on the ultimately clock right i don't want i don't want america to forget you know the legitimate trauma that trump put us through yeah 
like if if we do forget it, then we're gonna end up in a worse place. We have to learn from it. Yeah, and, and I I think that's like the key right now. Like we have to look at our history and learn from it. We can't just like keep telling ourselves we're amazing and we're great. We can be. Uh, there's there's maybe times here and there throughout history where we have been, but yeah. In order to get there, you have to look at those parts of yourself that you're afraid to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, and like I said, you gotta, and whether that's, I mean, it, it, you know, you have to, you have to uh, recognize, you know, give recognition, and when when somebody who's on the opposite side of the political spectrum does something that actually makes sense yeah. and actually works for you. Um, and you know, and, and you also, at the same time, also have to criticize your own yes. politicians because again, these fuckers work for us. Yeah, we exactly. voted for them. They work for us. They are public civil servants and we've forgotten that. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why our, why people, nobody has any in- faith in our fucking institutions is because they don't fucking act like it. Yeah. They don't, they clearly don't serve us, you know, and, and some, that's why a lot of people are skeptical of Bernie Sanders. Like Bernie Sanders comes along. People are like, wait. Aren't you people supposed to, like, not care about us? Yeah, the guy who's been the same fucking fighter for his entire yeah. life. He, he's amazing. And it's it's amazing that it took the rest of the world, the rest of the country and the rest of the world to even know who he was for the longest time. Yeah. But, and I guess he's a legend when it comes to fucking, I don't know, a legend, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm being hyperbolic, I probably don't have the stats to stack, to, to back it up, but I know, I know he has a good, he has a good reputation for getting things done um, with budget, budget, reg, budget. Budget <laughs> reconciliation in the uh, in the Senate. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, I'm really excited to see what what he can pull off. And I just, uh, it's just, it's time for yeah, it's time for the tribalism to end. And I and I think it's time for to to go back to what I said about the Holocaust Gandalf guy when I yeah. commented. I said you know I have had some empathy for Trump for some of these people because they're brainwashed. But fuck Holocaust Gandalf, and I got a bunch of likes and whatever. You know, yeah. Or, Felt good about myself for 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 a couple for twenty minutes. Yeah, my meaningless life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but then some lady was like, "They're not. They're not brainwashed. They're finally showing people who they are." And then I look at her profile, and she's got Biden as her as her profile pic, and I'm like, "I'm not arguing with this lady." Yeah, because <laughs> I can tell. Like I'm, you know, again, I voted for Joe Biden. I'm not a Joe Biden. I'm not gonna support. wear. His yeah, I'm not shirt. gonna wear his fucking shirt. I don't have any desire to. I saw there was like some sort of meme out there. It's like someone was like, uh, you know, how did Biden beat Trump? I don't see anyone wearing mm-hmm. Trump or Biden shirts and waving Biden flags. Yeah. And it's like that's because we don't. We're not. You're not supposed to worship politicians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not you're not supposed, to, supposed to. But I will say really quickly too to kind of like. Uh, respond to the tribalism thing. I don't. I don't believe that it's tribalism itself that's the problem. I think it's polarization and politicization. Mm. Politi- politis. Well, I feel like I feel like tribalism <laughs> in in politics with. I think that's the natural result of those things yeah. kind of compounding and and reinforcing each other in, in a you know in a negative yeah. way. And I think that the thing is like humanity is gonna be inherently tribal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of like. Communities are always going to be a thing. I think the difference is made with uh, your diplomats or representatives. If they're actually speaking to other tribes or communities with peace and with goals to achieve peace, that's that's what that's what makes the difference. Um, but right now, those people 
which are our politicians, they're just representing corporations. Yeah, for so the most part. So these tribes are these not communities. And not all of them. Yeah. Not all of them, we should say. And not, and not all of them are... Some of them are... Ge- they are getting good work done. I'm sure it's, you know, it's like, like you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. Uh, you know, politicians still get some good shit done, even if they're, even if they're yeah. complete... I mean, or, I mean, or just look at, like, Nixon. Go back to Nixon and look at all the things that he did that you consider left-wing things, like the Endangered Species Act and the Environmental Protection Agency. And he probably just put them in force in place because he wanted to get reelected. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, does that negate the positive output? You know, it's not like... I didn't we, actually know that about Yeah, Nixon. or, like, you go back to everybody... A lot of people like to, if they think they're a little... The, the pro-life people that think they're a little, you know, a little snazzier in the old brain department, like they've done a little bit of research, they like to tell people, you know, the lady that started Planned Parenthood did it so she could uh, fucking, like, sterilize black women or something. And you look into it, and yeah, the lady who started Planned Parenthood back in the day was a horrible racist who was trying to curb the, the population. Yeah. And, and, but it doesn't mean that Planned Parenthood today is... Yeah, it's not the it's same. It's not the deal. same fucking thing at all. You know, and Planned Parenthood, again, offers medical services primarily. They don't, abortions is a very small percentage of what they do. And we've, in it's, times have proven time and time again that, uh, you know, if you restrict access to abortion, all you're doing is restricting access to safe abortions. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's kind of like fucking abstinence-only sex education. You're just going to get a bunch of pregnant teens instead of teens that buy condoms. And, and pro pro life <laughs> people them. are they they generally tend to not be nearly as righteous as they think they are because if you're if you care so much about someone who's not born yet why do you not care about like people that are alive now that's the the classic the classic paradox yeah it's like why like, do you care about these kids locked up in cages and the women with them that are getting sterilized mm-hmm. yeah that is that that was scary when I heard about that I was like holy shit right. what. What dystopian fucking novel are we yeah. in? This is the weirdest one I can think it's of. It's like people want to try to say like racism, racism doesn't exist anymore or racism against la- like Latinos or Hispanics doesn't exist anymore. Like that's your proof right there. It does. Mm. It's fucking sy- it's systemic. Yeah. It's well, right there. And, it's, and it's it's just not as obvious as it used to be. Yeah. Because they can't come out and be obvious. But yeah. But it's still there. Yeah, but yeah, I think racism ultimately is mostly systemic these days. It's mostly, it's it's still baked into our, you know, the average person isn't a racist anymore, at least not to the point where they're going to say anything. But I, th- I think racist. if you're doing your work, you you have to work through these biases that have been trained mm-hmm. to you. I know that yeah. I have to do, th- yeah. I have to work through that. We all do, yeah. Because I grew up in a, in a place, I grew up in a really small town, so I'm having to see myself or find myself going through those things in my mind that have been kind of conditioned there. Yeah. Just due to environment purposes and be like, okay, that's, that, that's, that's gotta be corrected. That's not right. And it's something to be worked on. And I think that's the yeah. kind of work that people need to be doing, but they need to be, they need to be provided with the tools to do it. Yeah. Which is why I always encourage like meditation or counseling or something like that. Like find something in which you're able to g- be given those tools. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So, um, but yeah, let's, I, maybe we should just like kind of wrap this up with a conclusion. Yeah, I think um, so. Um, uh, yeah. What do you, what do you want to say? Do you have the floor, sir? <laughs> uh, on tribalism and politics and yeah, all. Yeah, we, we had two topics, but we only got through to one, which is maybe this is how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> if we, if we find ourselves in an episode where we're not making time, then we'll cover the other yeah. topic. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What was your other topic? I think 
um, I don't even think we had uh, plenty of time to think about this, but it was what I messaged you earlier. It was like the the creative's role in, oh, yeah, in yeah, shaping yeah, society. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about that next time. Yeah. I'll, I'll okay. uh, start. I mean, because, you know, I remember, you know, a friend of ours, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Melanie Mel from, from uh, Marshall Pool and uh, Blood Lemon... And she plays in Built to Spill now, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And she posted right after the election. I remember on Facebook that, like, you know, this is fucking sad and scary and shitty. But, you know, just you know, at least we're going to have some amazing art in the next four years. And that's going to be a reaction to this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I... Uh, <laughs> There's been a lot of great uh, my, art. I, can't, I think my parents was te- were telling me on that. We were Zooming with them earlier today that apparently they took, you know, the giant inflatable Trump baby thing when Trump came to England? Yeah. They like put it in the fucking art museum or something. It's in a, it's in a museum now. It's great. It's hilarious. He's just a big fucking toddler. Oh, we were gonna say some recommendations. So again, um, the book that I've been re- listening to, uh, Hate Inc. by Matt Taibbi is very good. Uh, I also recommend. I mentioned the transgender history of the United States. Um, like I said, that one's kind of kind of dry, but very very informative. I learned a lot, especially about how much, sadly and strangely to me that that a lot of a lot of the gay community for for decades and decades a lot and a lot for a long time in the past and then uh, a lot of the and then the uh, certain elements of like the okay not the whole gay community but certain elements of the gay community and certain elements of the uh feminist you know community or feminist uh you know political movements have been like anti-trans and it's always baffled me and you, 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 like I've heard that, but the, I was listening to this book. Um, I might as well just mention the name. I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, I've I've started learning about white feminism, which is feminism that centers white women exclusively. Yeah, and I it's didn't been blowing know. my mind. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> and I've also heard it just mentioned as like feminism that only, only, uh, you only participate in when it benefits you, when it doesn't, when it doesn't put yeah. you out. But I mean, that that could just be white any kind of activism, like we're talking about with progressives that are like. You know, hey, yeah, we're for you in the civil rights movement, yeah. guys, back in the 60s. But, like, yeah, we're not going to get fucking arrested over it. Yeah. Bernie Sanders was getting mm-hmm. fucking arrested. Um, exactly. Anyway, transgen- fucking preach, yeah. man. <laughs> Transgender History, uh, second edition by Susan Stryker. Um, but one thing I was going to recommend was um, M2, <laughs> M2WTF. So it's M2 uh, and then uh, in parentheses WT. And then the F, so male to female, but what the what the fuck? So it's very cute by Samantha Allen. It's like it's free if you have Audible. It's like oh, okay, three yeah. three and a half hours maybe, but it's it's really a really uh, illuminating and oftentimes humorous and very very uh, you know resonant informative. I, very yeah, because she was she was born uh, um, she was born male uh, and was Mormon. Um, growing up, and I mean, I'm that you know, living in a place where there's lots of Mormons. Like I under, understand how that's that's just gotta be rough. Yeah. Um, but knew from a young age that she was transgender, and then didn't. Um, she she didn't really. She came out basically in college, um, like fully decided to come out in college. She had, she'd kind of played around with like she had, you know, grown up stealing her or borrowing her her sister's old clothes and dresses and stuff, and having her friends help her buy like makeup and stuff to try to to try yeah. to and then go out out on the town and you know pass as female and she enjoyed doing it um but then she had heart surgery when she was like fucking 20 or something or 21 or 22 and uh and she was like yeah it's it's time to fucking come out i can't live like this anymore yeah. but i highly highly recommend it and i also recommend awesome 
real quick, um, if anybody, now that the inauguration's over, <sighs> the inauguration happened, we're good, fucking Trump's gonna be, he's gonna be around for a while, but I think in history he will be a blip, you know, he's gonna be, he's not, he's gonna have a not very, uh, great legacy, um, <laughs> when it comes to the grand scheme of things, but, but he, um, I was gonna say, uh, there's a docu-series on Netflix, I think it's Trump, An American Dream, it's a four-part oh, yeah. docu-series, very good, has almost nothing to do with the, pr- and it basically ends with him becoming president. What it is, is it's about his, you know, growing up, not really as that much of his childhood, but just his young, his, his you know, his, his early, um, you know, adulthood and, and, and moving through basically all his early projects, his relationship with his parents, his, his relationship with his first wife, the, the, when he, the, the affair that he had with Marla Maples and all this crazy shit, how he built the world's biggest, most fucking expensive uh, casino ever in Atlantic City and basically bankrupted Atlantic City and declared bankruptcy himself and fucked over all his contractors. Like, my dad is an architect. He's been an architect for like 30 plus years. And he's like, oh yeah, I've talked to a, a bunch of contractors there. Like, yeah, Trump fucked me. Like, Trump is yeah. notorious for not paying. But um, I, I, the way I've been explaining it to people is it's kind of like, I imagine it's it's all information that you'd probably knew if you lived in New York City your whole life and you were like politically and socially like conscious about the area and know about yeah. Trump and all the shit because uh, you know a lot of people but you know I didn't know half this shit yeah uh, about him it's crazy it's it, and, and you really get the picture painted that he's a sociopath and yet he was definitely uh you know psychologically abused as a child by his father I mean his older brother drank himself to death because yeah. their father was so hard on him you know and the, if there's one um, criticism I can really make of the documentary, I feel like they, the, to, for their specific narrative, showing Fred Trump, his father, as a guy who actually made, like, apartment buildings that people fucking lived in and didn't make these big vanity projects, they kind of frame him as being morally superior to his son and the fact that um, when he and his wife, uh, Ivana, yeah, Ivana Trump, not Ivanka, yeah. um, when, they, when they divorced after, you know, again, she, he cheated on her with Mar- Marla Maples for fucking ever, um, his the parents like them they try to make fred trump seem great but they totally neglect to point out the the fact that fred trump was a horrible racist and didn't allow he didn't like black people staying in his oh, his yeah. hotels and his that's, apartment a, that's a big so that's miss. that's a that's a big omission that and i understand why they didn't put it in there because it doesn't play into their narrative yeah. but at the same time so that's my only real real complaint but it's still very an illuminating a very illuminating look at at at, at trump and just kind of what what created him and my my significant other i'll just say her name because i kept saying my lady my my, my significant other maria <laughs> she uh she has headphones on in the other room she can't hear me i'm looking right at her <laughs> but she uh she was she was telling me like i watched this thing and i could tell like four or five people that i could literally nail down those are the people that if they didn't exist trump wouldn't be fucking president you know it's yeah. crazy like the guy introduced him to twitter the guy who first told him that he should run for president in like 1989 <laughs> You know all this crazy shit. So, uh, but uh, but sorry, that's my, I'm off my my horse. I'm off my soap. <laughs> you you talk. You tell tell uh, tell the good people out there. I like this recommendations at the end of the episodes. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I think that works. You that was kind of your idea. You were like, let's talk about something we you know we're watching or reading or you know. Yeah, do you like a couple topics, a couple of recommendations. Yeah. I have two recommendations. Uh, the first one is the movie Tenet. Uh, that Christopher Nolan's latest one. Me and Chris are actually going to watch it. Yeah, I have for seen Chris's it yet. first time. Yeah, um, it's definitely a puzzle that needs to be unpacked uh, um, through multiple watches. Uh, and I think it's one of those movies. It's going to be um, 
not maybe yeah polarizing might be the right word because i've I, heard it being a little bit polarizing i know some people are just like I, I don't get it but to me one of the first time i saw it, i'm like oh christopher nolan made this because he's like hey you're gonna watch this I don't know, 10 times in the next three months. Yeah, he has that quality with a lot of his <laughs> movies, for sure. And too. I was like, yes, I am, Mr. Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, he knows his audience, you especially. Yeah, it's like, yeah. and I, I, I fell in love with it the first time I watched it. I, it was confusing. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't get most of it, but I still loved it. And I think in a way it's because I knew that was the that's the purpose of the movie it's this puzzle it's right a, a Rubik's i wonder game. i wonder if it's going to be anything like um as far as its legacy like the prestige a lot of people that are like hardcore nolan fans say that's one of his best and underrated most underrated movies and if you look at it on rotten tomatoes you know not only saying you give rotten tomatoes that much credit but it's just an, no it's just an aggregate system yeah but it was like 76 percent on rotten tomatoes a lot lower than a lot of his other movies but i think it's a brilliant fucking movie but you know i tend to that's the thing I always say. I love polarizing movies, except when I fucking hate them. <laughs> That's kind of the point. So, but I wonder if Tenet's going to have that kind of legacy. It's going to be I'm an gonna unsung. Be interest, yeah, I'm going to be interested yeah. to see what you what you think. Yeah, no, I, I'm I fucking excited. Love it. Yeah. Um, the other recommendation, and then we're going to get off the air. Uh, that I have is I said earlier in the podcast I've been listening to the Miles Davis autobiography on Audible. And it's fantastic. Uh, when I first read that autobiography years ago, when I was thinking about who I was as a person and the fact that I loved music, I read that book and it made me, yeah, it was like, no, you, you're a musician. You love music. That's what you do. Uh, you, you probably never get paid from for it, but I love doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But coming back to it years later and listening to the autobiography, because the, the guy who reads it, he reads it in Miles' voice. He does the the whole and i probably said this earlier yeah, yeah you did you're like yeah man i'm talking you know everybody knows 46 me and, yeah. and and it's so great because it's, it's 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 almost how autobiographies should be anyways when you're reading an autobiography you're you're reading in it in that person's head right if you know their voice right right and so it's been amazing and uh it teaches it it shows it teaches a lot about american music really um and you get to learn about miles his uh his triumphs and his fucking his failures as well you like i love honesty when it comes to those people because you you get to basically know that they're not gods they're yeah. fucking they're yeah. human beings for sure i agree but it's it's great and it for all you music people out there <laughs> yeah i think i think uh you know maybe we'll talk about cancel culture sometime but it's like I think the biggest problem with cancel culture is the fact that we shouldn't have been propping these fucking people up on pedestals in the first place. You know, that's a pretty solid argument. You know, I'm talking about like the the when our friends, I I had known that thing about Eric Clapton being racist uh, yeah. in the set. I'd known that for years, and I was like, oh yeah, well, it's kind of it's whatever. I've never been a hu- I've never been a huge you know Eric. Cl- I think he's made some really good music, but I never I never put him on a fucking pedestal. Yeah, and I think why why would me, I do that? <laughs> it's like I almost wish society can look at what we like to kind of label cancel culture because it gets used both in positive and negative ways and i know why it exists but i think right the real term is consequences mm. yeah. <laughs> that that's what 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 we're looking at like yeah cancel culture someone could get mad at someone and try to cancel them just because they're pissed at them yeah or you can have someone actually facing consequences yeah and i i think that's what i try to look for the most when it like in my mind i'm like is this what we would call cancel culture or is this 
just straight up consequences. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And once I can kind of use that to determine my opinion on something, it it tends to, I guess, level me out a little bit. I'm like, no, that's consequences. No, that's cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can point at different things. And I know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I think the biggest thing with cancel culture, it's like for the first time, it's almost like the audience has control over who they, you know, who they get to idolize, I guess, is yeah. the interesting thing. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like you take the good with the bad. There's some. Yeah. And I think the more that we learn that these people are human beings, the better, too. Yeah. That way, like, I have actors I fucking love and appreciate, like, as actors. I don't worship them as people. <laughs> I bet you I bet like, you half the people that, that, that fucking jump on Twitter and cancel people for misspeaking probably don't even know that Mike Tyson is a convicted rapist. Like, and yeah. he's in fucking movies and stuff, guys. <laughs> yeah, and it's like no one really pays attention yeah. to that information. But it's yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, we got to start recognizing humans as humans. Yeah. As, as, as simple as I can put it. <laughs> yeah, and we need to and we need to recognize when we fuck up and make mistakes yeah. and misspeak, and we need to we need to remember to learn that we're you stop as soon as you stop learning. I think yeah. you, you you die. You stop you stop living when you stop learning. In my opinion, you should always yeah. be learning. You should always be striving to better yourself, Dude, whether it's emotionally so. or whether it's uh, you know whether it's just you know facts and and reasoning and whatnot, whether it's your political knowledge, whether yeah. you want to learn everything you want to learn about Miles Davis, you know, yeah, whatever you know. it is. So whatever, you, whatever helps you become a more complete. We, we only have so much time in this bastard. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you everybody for listening.